Thanks for tuning into this podcast from KYMN Radio. Consider subscribing to get notifications the next time we post a podcast. And if you enjoy this, please leave us a review on Apple Podcast and share with a friend or on social media. We're back on the KYMN Morning Show and talking now with uh, Northfield's Chief of Police, Chief Mark Elliott. Chief, thank you so much for coming in today. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, <laughs> listeners. Let's... Uh, I, we invited you in today to talk about a number of things, but I would like to start off with uh, uh, the Daryl Bedinsky case. We have a missing person here in Northfield. Uh, a lot of people know Daryl Bedinsky as Dice. Um, where? What's the latest update on that? Are we still just finding a kind of a dead end? At this point, we are. Um, you know, we appreciate the uh, help of those in the public who have helped spread the word that uh, he's missing and. Um, you know, let us know any information they have. And we continue to ask for that. If people have information, even if they think it's minor um, about uh, Daryl and where he may be to certainly contact us. We've followed up on, uh, you know, a bunch of leads, people um, near and far who have said, hey, maybe I saw him. Um, You know, we just had another one from last week, a DoorDash driver in St. Paul who said, hey, I think I saw him. And we had St. Paul police go over and check it out, and it it wasn't him. But um, we appreciate that type of uh, call. Um, Any lead is not too small. (laughs) We Mm -hmm. want to try to follow up on anything we can. But, yeah, at this point, we don't have anything new to report. No, it's not just uh, the Northfield Police Department. There are other law enforcement agencies uh, on the lookout, including the BCA has been involved with this as well, have they not? They they have, and they've been our uh, primary statewide uh, assistance. And it's very common that uh, the BCA provides that additional assistance uh, in outstate Minnesota. Um, they have the resources to be able to assist us in that investigation, mm-hmm. too. All right. Uh, once again, Police Chief uh, Mark uh, Elliott is with us. And we uh, let's move on from uh, the uh, missing person case to talk about the uh, community picnic. Tell us about it. Oh, we had a great, great time. On October 7th, we were able to uh, gather over in Ames Park and then uh, close down 5th Street and over to the fire department building there. And um, it was fire safety week, so that's kind of a culmination. They were in the schools with uh, firefighters delivering uh, fire safety messages to um, the school children here in Northfield. Um, and it culminated with... Uh, a little display of some of the equipment that we use in public safety. Um, we had police, fire, and EMS out there and had an opportunity to see the fire department do an extraction, You know, cut up the car and show how they get mm-hmm. someone out in those dire crashes. And then uh, they had a live burn um, that they did at the end of the night. Um, we were able to land the state patrol helicopter right there in Ames Park, which was pretty exciting for folks. And they got to come up and look at that uh, piece of technology and equipment that the state patrol uses to assist us with um, crime fighting, uh, as well as search and rescue efforts, too. You know, we've had them out here in this area when we've been looking uh, for someone, including missing persons or things like that. So it was nice to have that there. And it really was a good opportunity for us to just talk with the community, get to know uh, people in the community, for them to get to know us. Uh, we had an opportunity um, that was created through, you know, getting together over food and having raffle prizes. Uh, Hosanna Northfield uh, Dundas here um, 
they brought that uh, community event idea to go along with this, and they brought the volunteers in to help cook and serve the food and a bunch of raffle prizes. I saw a lot of both adults and kids excited about those. <laughs> yeah, and they did, uh, Hosanna, the, the folks there did a wonderful job of getting all that together. Big, big turnout. You know, I was there earlier on in the evening and left early, but I wanted to ask you also about, you mentioned the uh, the equipment, uh, the uh, demonstrations that were given on our a couple of years ago, uh, them uh, extricating somebody from a car uh, using what at the, that time the old jaws of life and some of their older equipment. There's been a concerted effort to upgrade some of the uh, rescue equipment that, uh, that is used by the rescue squad and the fire department. Does, do they have the new jaws of life? Does it open it up quicker now? Because it took like 45 minutes for them to get somebody out last time. Yeah, they, they do. They have some new equipment. Um, and all of the older equipment was all hydraulic operated, mm-hmm. um, and some of the new stuff uses hydraulics, but some of it has the uh, capability to be run off of batteries and be a little more portable. Um, but yeah, they definitely right. need to keep up to date with that equipment so that they can do that. Yeah, the, the metallurgy that they use in the cars is a lot better, a lot stronger than it was even 15, 20 years ago. So it's good to see. Great night for the uh, the event. Uh, let's talk about some of the other things that are going on in your department. First of all, uh, it's hiring another police officer. Uh, you have gone through that process again. Tell us about how it went. Yeah, we had two openings for officers that had left our department recently, and uh, so we're going through that process. And, Jeff, we're really struggling, like just about every employer uh, in the area of finding employees. Um, Our current process numbers were down considerably um, from where they had been the last couple years or the last couple hiring practices that we went through. Um, we, we did, uh, still find some good candidates that came in for interviews. So we're, we're appreciative of that. And we're going to be making some hiring, um, decisions here soon. Um, but it, it's something that's affected this industry a lot, especially the last couple of years, a drastic change in there. And, uh, some of that has to do with some of the, um, scrutiny of the police profession. Some of it, you know, well-deserved and, you know, we're certainly making police reform changes, but some of it, too, through some, you know, I would characterize as false narratives and villainizing all police officers. And that's we know that's not true, um, but that isn't the way it's been portrayed somewhat. So we're thankful that uh, we had the community picnic and event. You know, we see locally uh, a different feel for that. Um, but some of those uh, messages affect people wanting to come into the profession. You know, we have partnered recently with the Northfield Community College Collaborative. We've talked about that on the show before, and they've got a program up and running right here in Northfield to train police officers. Now, it's a three-year program, so it's going to take a little while for that pipeline mm-hmm. um, to get the uh, candidates here. But um, that was one of the incentives that we had for that is if we can find folks locally that grew up here, that have a connection here and want to be here. And if we can diversify our workforce in the meantime and help some of those folks where, you know, paying for college is a, is a hurdle and try to get those folks into our workforce, it's going to really pay off in the future. So we're, we're struggling right now a little bit. Um, I, I do think we are going to be able to hire some really good candidates, but we just didn't have the numbers in the pool that we have in the past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, one way it's across the board, employers all around the country are saying the same thing thing. The police uh, profession, as you had mentioned, has had a lot of scrutiny in the last couple of years. So you add that to it. 
Uh, it's really when you when you're doing things like the pipeline that you mentioned with the community college, that is definitely it seems like an investment that's worth uh, worth investing in for the future. We agree, Jeff. All right. Um, let's uh, talk about, you've had some traffic rerouting, and I should say you, you are the school district, but there has been some rerouting along uh, the school uh, school boulevard out on South uh, Division Street to to relieve a little bit of the congestion there. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we, we know this has been an issue for the last couple of years, and as a pandemic has come on and a few more people driving their students to school, a uh, little less use of buses, a um, little less uh, walking and biking that we've seen. It's added to the congestion um, really on Jefferson Parkway for the entrance into uh, into Je- Bridgewater Elementary. Um, we see it in the morning a little bit, and with the, the boulevards or center medians, the raised concrete ones, it doesn't allow anybody to go past. So once that traffic backs up out of the school property and onto the street, it obviously stops traffic flow. Um, that's doesn't assist people in getting where they're going to um, and frustrates people and creates some safety concerns. So we worked with the school district, the city engineering department, and um, the solution we came up with that we can to have immediate results on is rerouting of traffic and having the entrance come off of Division Street. So traffic will enter the Bridgewater pro- property off of Division uh, and then exit onto Jefferson Parkway. That'll give us almost three times as much stacking internally for cars um, waiting to get up to the pickup zone. So um, we've been appreciative of the extra efforts that the school staff have been making. I mean, they have staff out there. They have signs in the cars for which student goes to which car, and they're calling them out, and teachers uh, making sure they're getting those students out as quick as they can as the parents pull up. Um, but we feel if we if we make the switch or shift in the traffic flow, it's going to really help get some of that traffic off of the roadway um, and allow other traffic to to flow freely in that area. Yeah, they've added the uh, roundabout in recent years, which uh, really has helped out with that, but that has been a problem for a long time. And it's good to see continued uh, innovation and and being creative uh, in finding some solutions for that. Uh, Lastly, I want to talk to you about, uh, we've talked about safety on the roads. People are speeding, we're seeing the speeds go up, and we're seeing the the death count, the fatalities that uh, the state of Minnesota, and of course Rice County and Northfield as well, uh, I would say skyrocket. I don't know if skyrocketing is the right word, but uh, we've seen, we haven't seen these type of numbers in uh, more than a decade. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. And I, I think you can say skyrocketing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we just uh, saw some information put out that from the Department of Public Safety that so far this year we've had 400 traffic fatalities on Minnesota roads. Uh, We haven't had 400 in a year since 2007. Um, So you look at that over the past, what, 14 years, uh, the improvements and the reductions in traffic deaths and the Toward Zero Death campaign and raising awareness um, really were impactful. But with the onset of the pandemic, less cars on the road, we saw speeds really pick up. And then we haven't seen them go back down. And uh, unfortunately, we have friends, coworkers, family members that are dying on the roads because of speed-related crashes. So we're asking folks, really watch your speed. Um, have talks with your family members about this, with your coworkers, um, and plan ahead. 
so that you're not tempted to speed to get to where you're going um, and just work on traveling safely. Uh, we had a couple uh, um, joint efforts we joined in over the summer months of trying to bring that down, uh, joined in with other agencies on a border-to-border detail along highways 14 and 19 from the Wisconsin to South Dakota border and really did extra patrol, extra presence out there. And then locally we did one with Dakota and Rice County law enforcement agencies along Highway 3. I can tell you that one just on Highway 3 on one day, on July 30th, we went out and we we didn't put a lot of F extra officers on the road, but a couple extra, but we really asked officers to dedicate their time to making traffic stops on that day. And on that day alone, we stopped 131 motorists for moving violations um, just on Highway 3. So uh, we gave out a lot of warnings. Um, we gave out some tickets, but really our goal was to raise awareness and have people reduce their speed on there. So we're trying to do our part. I, we really don't want to enforce speed. We, we want folks to you know, self-regulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing it for themselves, for their neighbors, for their loved ones, for their coworkers. So we're really asking that folks pay attention to your speed, pay attention to the speed limit, um, and travel safely for everybody's benefit out there. Yeah, those numbers are really eye-popping. Uh, you mentioned over 400 for the first time since 20, uh, 2007. It's been 14 years. And we're, we're only two weeks into the fourth quarter. We still have a couple of months to go, including all the holiday season. So, boy, drive careful. Chief, is there anything else you'd like to mention while we have you here? I think that's it for today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Northfield Police Chief Mark Elliott. You're listening to 95.1 The One. We've got Rich coming up next. Set your alarm for Saturday mornings on KYMN for the Raider Wrap. Join me, Jimmy LaRue, at 10 o'clock each Saturday as I talk with area coaches and gather insight to the ins and outs of high school sports and activities. A.J. Reister will bring you up to date with all the scores and highlights of the week, along with one-on-one interviews in our segment of Meet the Raider. It's all right here Saturday morning starting at 10 a.m. on KYMN 95.1 The One. Thanks for listening to this KYMN radio podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it interesting, consider leaving us a review and sharing this podcast on social media. You can find more podcasts like it on our website, kymnradio.net, or wherever you get your podcasts, simply by searching the KYMN radio podcast. And of course, you can listen to us live on 95.1 FM, 1080 AM, and on our website. KYMN is your home for real radio, true variety, 